This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech fan number 33 with Tim Robertson and special guest Justin Bryce. Contact tech fan at feedback at mymac.com or call 1-801-938-5559. And it is Tech Fan number 33. I'm Tim Robertson. And like I said last episode, David and I were having conflict issues. We just couldn't work it out. So I'm doing the show this week. David's taking a week off. I'll see him next week. Filling in for David is Justin Bryce. Hey, Justin. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Good, good. You've been on two of the MyMac family of shows in the past. You were on the MyMac show, and you said you were on Geekiest Show Ever. And we talked yes. about Star Wars. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love me some Star Wars, so. Who doesn't? You know, I keep wanting to get back to recording Geekiest Show Ever. It's just, I have so little time lately, and lately yeah. being the last, oh, I don't know, five months, <laughs> that uh, Chad Perry and I just haven't really had the chance to sit down and start recording some episodes again. But it's one of those things that, it, it, it's a it's a show I don't want to see go away forever. And, oh, totally. Uh, you know, I... I I just think the name is cool. I mean, geekiest show oh, ever. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. But I do I do think that I have listened to some extremely geeky shows ever. Uh or geekiest shows ever. Not not the I don't know what I'm saying, I guess is what I'm trying to trying to get at. I've listened to some super geeky shows and uh geekiest show ever is probably one of the best shows as far as striking a balance between someone who's not in who doesn't know a lot about the topic that uh you know is being talked about they can still kind of feel like they're they're a part of it and it's you know i I, i'm probably uh passionate about a lot of things but master of none i guess you could say except for possibly the mac obviously but i I got so many interests and it always i always felt constrained when i was doing the my mac show that now nah, we don't really talk about video games and we don't really talk about you know this or that or Star mm-hmm. Wars or Star Trek. Um, I, I just wanted to show that we could riff on anything and exactly. I still and, want uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the the show that I'm I'm on two shows. Yeah, I was gonna uh, I was gonna talk about that. You're actually podcasting now, and the last time we talked, you weren't. You were considering correct. it. Correct. Well, I had recorded, yeah, pretty much. I had recorded like maybe four or five shows of a friend, like a year or two at the point that you that you and I talked the first time, which was '09, I believe. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if you really want to count that, but but whether you do or don't, I am I am podcasting now, and we have uh, two shows. Uh, one is Drunken Halo, where <laughs> you know the name's kind of it's uh, self self explanatory. Exactly. Think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But uh, to kind of go back to what you were saying about the geekiest show, uh, geekiest show ever, rather, um, about just kind of having a show that you could talk about whatever, um, we have that as well called uh, Drunken Jat. And J-A-T stands for Justin and Travis, uh, and Travis, my brother. And so we kind of gave, uh, kind of built in that outlet for us right from the beginning. So whenever we do... Uh, record halo shows we can be focused about it and not have this other stuff on our mind that you want to talk about because it's to you it's equally as fun yeah exactly uh you know we 
we love Drunken Jat as much as we love Drunken Halo, but at the same time, you know, we, our main focus is Drunken Halo. And so we just kind of, again, like I said, built in Drunken Jat to kind of let us talk about whatever it is we care to talk about. So that's what I'm, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with the fact that I don't want to, uh, stop completely the, the idea of geekiest show ever, but I, I don't have the time to commit to coming up with the type you know, the subjects and getting yeah. together with Chad, because with Chad, we actually physically get together. Unlike we're doing right now over Skype or, and when I do it with David and almost anybody else, you know, these are live shows. Chad and I are sitting in the same room talking. We're looking at stuff. We will literally stop pausing to watch a trailer and then come back and talk about the trailer. And I yeah. love doing that. But, you know, he's married. He has, you know, his wife and his dogs and I'm married and, <laughs> and I have uh, four kids. So it just doesn't always work out. We both have full time jobs and we literally live three blocks away from each other. And we hmm. we still can't seem to to find the time. So I'm thinking about actually opening up Geekiest Show Ever to turn it over to somebody else with a caveat that occasionally I'm going to want to be on or I might record an episode outside of whoever else is doing it with Chad Perry and I. And it'll be kind of like a special episode. That's what I'm because I just think the concept itself is just and the name itself is just too good to to let slip away. And Oh, absolutely. And especially now that it's uh, officially, I guess, part of uh, a network. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, we've got four other shows that are recording every week. So, yeah, you know, we've got this property sitting out there just kind of languishing. And I think it's kind of a shame. And it's got a very interesting uh, album art as well. <laughs> that was created by Danny, <laughs> Donnie Yankalo. That was a lot of fun. And uh, he's very creative. And he kind of captured exactly what the show was about. I have I've yet to see a reason to change it. Atari joystick, thing, 3D glasses. If I could just uh, make a suggestion, he, he needs a lightsaber on his belt. He actually had uh, two characters he created, and one of them was a lightsaber in his hand as well. And uh, <laughs> it was just a little bit too much, and because of the lightsaber, it made the picture longer. So we went with this well, version you just, instead. He uh, didn't have to have it ignited. He could just have it sitting on his belt. That's true. Absolutely. But, of course, we, we need to kind of relaunch that show eventually to, <laughs> to worry about the album artwork. But I thought it would be fun to have you on and talk about video games a little bit because I'm pretty passionate about video games. Unfortunately, kind of like the geekiest show ever, I just don't have a lot of time to play them. And to be honest, nothing's really come out recently that's really sparked my imagination, made me sit up and go, this is a game I want to play a lot of. Okay. Um, um, what kind of games are you into? Oh, all kinds. Uh, a friend of mine at work uh, actually gave me a copy of Halo Reach, and I have played a, oh, yeah. about an hour into it so far. Nothing okay. online, because those 13-year-olds will just kill me really quick. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know the feeling. Yeah. But, but you were saying something before we started recording, and this is so true. Um, let me back up and say, about a month and a half, two months ago, I, I popped in the original Halo game in my 360 and, and played through it a little bit. And I thought, you know what? This really, really does hold up. The graphics, Absolutely. the graphics aren't the greatest compared to you know what you see nowadays. But wow, the, the the controls, the the mood of the game when you're walking around, you're shooting the Covenant. It, it's 
it really holds up. And this is a 10-year-old game. I mean, it, yeah, it's a it's a day one game from yeah. Xbox, original Xbox, day one. And it was supposed to be originally a Mac game. A lot of people yep. don't realize that. So that you game know, was in development for a couple of years. It, it started development in the 90s. Yes. And uh, I don't know. I actually found this clip on YouTube by accident. Um, do you know the uh, where they first uh, revealed Halo? Yeah, WW or uh, Macworld Expo, New York. Yep, yep. yep. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw this clip that said Steve Jobs. Like again, I wasn't looking for anything Apple, but it said Steve Jobs introduces Halo, and I was like, ah, this is uh, this is a bunch of BS. Remember, right I, but, I, I but, was, uh, but I'm a I'm a sucker, so I will watch it. Yeah. And sure enough. <laughs> it was Halo, and uh, I, I was running MyMac.com at the time still, and so, yeah, I was very well aware of Halo coming out on the Mac, and it was just, it was breathtaking. It was revolutionary, and when I saw that keynote, I was like, I can't wait to play that game, and of course, my spirits were crushed. Microsoft bought the company that made Halo, Bungie, mm-hmm. and so long, all these great games, because a lot of people... When they look at Bungie, they only think of Halo. But Bungie made games before Halo. Marathon. Marathon, A, yeah, absolutely. And didn't they make, um, um, I want to say Myth, but it's not Myth. Yeah, uh, no, it is. Is it Myth? Okay, yes. Yeah. I play the crap out of Myth. That was one of my favorite online games of all time. I loved me some Myth. It was fantastic. So Bungie made some great games, and um, I don't know. You know, Microsoft bought them, and... they just became all about Halo. Yeah, well, uh, I, unfortunately, the only older uh, or pre-Halo Bungie game I've uh, had the pleasure uh, to play is um, Marathon because I downloaded a trial of the, the game on uh, Xbox Live. Um, and it was, it's pretty different from the, you know, the Halo style shooter yeah, but you got to remember uh, that was I, the I really mid-90s. get into it. Oh, uh, no, I, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I'm just saying that uh, it was hard for me to get into it. I mean, because it was so, if I could use the word retro. It absolutely um, is, no question. But uh, but I I can see how at the time that was, it was like amazing. beyond groundbreaking, yeah. Yeah, it, it was amazing at the time. Thankfully, though, Halo has broken away from Microsoft. They've kind of won back their independence. I think you mean Bungie. Or Bungie, yes, sorry. And... Uh, I can't wait to E3 this year. I don't know if they're going to officially announce anything, but that's the way it's kind of looking. Everyone's finding all these clues. Uh, I know you said you signed up for the beta program of whatever the heck's coming out. Yeah. So they've got something really close on the horizon. Do you have any guesses? Well, and I I cannot remember where I either heard or read this, but I think it's pretty much been like all but confirmed that it's some type of... Console MMO. Hmm. Because there's not enough of those. <laughs> well, on a console, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. here's my problem with, with MMOs. They always charge a monthly fee. Yeah, and I, I hate it. I, I, I hate, I hate it. it. That's one of the reasons that I never got into World of Warcraft, other, other than the whole, I don't know, running around, leveling up, killing spiders, going on quests. That yeah. really doesn't do anything to, for me. Uh, and I can understand they appeal to a lot of people, but it's it's not my thing. Um, I can't see playing a game like that. A, number one, it's too much of a, a time sink, and as I've already discussed, I don't have the time. Yeah. But even if I did, 
I have to buy the game initially for around 50 bucks, and then it's going to cost me 15 bucks a month to play it. And there's no single player. You have to play online. That's the whole mm-hmm. point of the game. I don't know. That just seems very cost prohibitive to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know how the, how they would work the the monthly fee if it's on a console, especially I know just looking at it from an Xbox Live point of view, because you you are already you already paying. paying yeah yeah and so I don't know that if I had to guess and this is just a guess that there would no there would not be any monthly fee the way there is with. Um, DC Universe and yeah, or uh, what's the other World of Warcraft? Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I, but I'm just not a huge fan of MMOs in general. Although you know, I was never a big fan of shooters until Halo. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then Bungie kind of just threw that at me and was like, "Here, love it." And, and then I was like, and then I was like, "Oh wow, I I really do love it." Thank so, you, Bungie. So let's talk about Drunken Halo some here. Uh, where did the idea for the show come from? Well, uh, I had I kind of had the idea uh, back, uh, maybe as far back as a year ago, but I didn't have anybody to do the show with me. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, I would sit there and play Halo with my brother, thinking, who could I, who could I get to co-host this show with me? And... Uh, and so I finally noticed, like, around summer of last year, about a year ago, that Travis, he's real into, like, fantasy football and BS like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was listening to, like, fantasy football shows. <laughs> and I'm sure that sounds as boring to me as Mac shows and all that sounds sure. to him. Sure, everyone's but, got their own thing. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he was getting into listening to podcasts and stuff. And so I finally uh, approached him about it and said, hey, what do you think about us doing a show? And he was into it right away. And so that, it was kind of a uh, no questions asked after, after, that, after that point. It was just uh, kind of given that it would work out. And so we decided, like, seriously decided to do the show, like, around January. And so we did some beta shows, and then I got off my lazy ass and put together a, a website and our feed and everything, and... And by the way, thank you, Squarespace. <laughs> I love those guys. Yeah, uh, but um, but yeah. So that that uh, that's kind of the short of it. So so, where the term like drunken Halo come from? I know you've done thirteen episodes as we record this, um, and uh, the next one will be released uh, tomorrow. So you've already yeah, recorded to- it. Yes. Yeah, we we uh, recorded it last night. So where did the the concept of Drunken Halo come from? <laughs> um, that actually was uh, not the original title of the show. Uh, it was, it was Shit Faced Halo, I know, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh my God, did I just shit myself, Halo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we decided that that probably wouldn't work out. So uh, now the original idea of the name, like we had, that was probably one of the hardest parts of... Uh, trying to put this whole thing together was coming up with the name and um one of the episodes that we posted uh, already was our very first beta episode because we did probably about seven or eight beta shows all together mixed with drunken halo and drunken jet and uh in the first couple uh, beta halo shows we had uh the name uh halo podcast on legendary hmm. 
Okay. Legendary, it, for those who don't know, is the setting in the game to make it really do- th- yeah, Those are the settings I don't play on because I... Yeah, it's, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the hardest uh, hardest level. In fact, whenever you kind of highlight that level before you select it, it says that it's basically uh, impossible. Like, you're, this is certain death. Yep. But and um, so, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, that's that was the original um the original name for it but it was basically just uh we just wanted to sit down with a microphone or two and just talk about the stuff that we talked about you know beforehand without the microphones right and we just wanted to make whoever was listening feel like that they were just you know in on the conversation that's kind of and, what i started the mymac show back in 2004 that was kind of the same goal was, you, and the same thing with Halo. There's a lot of people that enjoy it, but probably not a lot of people around you that enjoy it that would love to talk about it or hear conversation about it. But, you know, for, for Mac users, where are you going to go? To the Apple Store? Eh. Uh, maybe yeah, a guys, user group. Those guys, those guys hate it. Yes, hate absolutely. It you start to try to talk to them about that. They stuff. do. Uh, user groups are all pretty much dead. The only people going to those are 85-year-olds at this point, it seems. <laughs> so you didn't really have a place to go to to talk about Max, or at least to to hear people talk about Max. So it was very much a conversation, uh, and that's yeah. kind of I don't really think I've changed a whole lot since you know the first episode of the MyMac show through Tech Fan through uh, OWC Radio, Geekiest Show Ever, whatever the show happens to be. It's generally a conversation. It's here's a couple people that are interested in the same things you are. And they talk about it. There's a show. Exactly. And, and another thing was, is I started noticing fewer and fewer Halo shows that were being uh, uh, constantly updated. Well, it's because, uh, and I understand this. Well, number one, it's called pod fade, where people start out real strong and then they kind of fade out over time. Um, it seems like that's happening with uh, Geeky a show over, but it's really not. It's just a timing issue. Yeah, I don't um, think it could be pod fading if you're constantly doing one no. or two other shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, or it could be because I'm just burned out, but that's not the case. Um, and I probably will turn the show over to somebody else and let them do it, by the way. Um, no, it, it's a brand new game comes out. Everyone's all excited about it. As people are playing through it, they're recording shows and, ah, this is a lot of fun. And then six months later, the game's not so new anymore and a new Medal of Honor just came out or... Call of Duty or something, and they kind of move over to that game, and they don't come back to the Halo stuff, so they don't record any shows. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the only thing, though, about that is, like, if you look at Halo 3, Halo 3 was out for, I think, you know, over three years, and there was still such a, uh, a huge uh, community and, and, and a huge number of people signing on uh, every day and playing uh, Halo 3. I think Halo has that built-in audience that that no one or no other uh, game really has. Because you look at like Call of Duty, yeah, they're super popular, but literally a new one comes out every year. Right. And uh, about and, the and only so other one I could say like, that that even follows that at all would probably be the GTA series. That there's hmm. there's this long gap between games. And when a new one comes out, it's just immensely popular. But those are... Mario. Well, somewhat. I I think with Mario, you're seeing different generations playing it. Whereas with GTA and Halo, it's the same generation. They're adding new people all the time, but it's still the 
the people who bought the first game on the original Xbox, chances are they're still playing the new Halos. Yeah. You know, so it it continues for them. And I think the GTA is the same way, whereas Mario is finding a new audience every three or four years. I can see that. I can see that. But uh, we uh, we just basically noticed that a lot of the, the shows that were good just really kind of kind of quit. And so, you know, knowing what I do about the Halo community, which, you know, I, I know a little bit more than your, you know, normal average gamer but there's certainly people who actually are in it way more than me like i I never get on forums or anything there's always extremists out there oh yeah yeah but but like the whole halo community is i think you know excluding games like world of warcraft is probably the most hardcore uh hardcore fans of any video game uh franchise I'd, I'd say you're probably right. Um, I can't think of another video game that has such hardcore fans and, and players. I mean, you're right. Halo 3 came out, what was it, 2008, 2007? Seven, seven, yeah. Yeah, and people are still playing it. I mean, it's crazy. I popped it in maybe six months ago, thought, I, well, let's see what's going on online on Halo, and there was a ton of games being played. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Um, the uh, One of the last... Uh Let's see, probably not, um, if I'm talking about it today, when the new show hasn't been posted, not the, not the last show, but the two shows before that, we did a, uh, every once in a while on uh, Drunken Halo, we do a, a series, you know, where, like, it took us about three shows to get through all the, the weapons and what we liked and disliked about them, uh, <laughs> mostly because... We got busy talking about other stuff. Yeah, it's called Tangent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you well, should have called still... it Halo Tangent. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that episode, the weapons were more of a, seemed more of a tangent than the, uh, than the actual tangent stuff. Uh-huh. But, um, but yeah, so we do series every once in a while, and we just finished up a two-show series on uh, Halo 3, and either of us hadn't played any halo 3 since halo reach came out and so we uh both got on and we were playing some halo 3 and then we you know stepped up to the microphones to uh talk about it you know i have to say halo 3 holds up very well it does it seems like it was the shortest of the the original three games though um we i'm sorry we played multiplayer uh well see i'm talking about single player see we i have a different view of halo than you do because I don't do multiplayer a whole lot again because I, I get killed really quick. Oh, I know. Um, I'm you and I are, are on the same page here. I am a way like games in general. Uh, I am almost exclusively a campaign a campaign player. Yeah, and that's what I liked about Halo. Uh, the campaigns were just the, the narrative, the music, the mood. Oh, the everything music. was just fantastic. I've actually got the soundtrack to the first three Halo games. Oh, me too. And, uh, I've, and I've, I have some of the more recent ones as well. It, it's it's such good stuff. It's amazing. A lot of people think, oh, wow, it's just a video game. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, exactly. It, it's a production. It's, it's, it's massive on scale, uh, on popularity. It's so hard to convey to a non-video game player what a game like Halo brings to the table. It's I mean, like a movie that lasts for weeks. Absolutely, and it's uh, one of the Drunken Jat shows. My uh, my brother had his friend on, 
And uh, we were talking, and he had some like list or whatever, like ten things that let you know you're, you know, way too into video games or whatever. And one of the things was like getting choked up or whatever while playing a video game. <laughs> and and I I can say I've never been choked up, but you know, think about like a, a really well told, like a well uh, a well done movie, a movie that's very very good. Now imagine you actually have the ability to get into the main character's head and actually be that main character. You know, if the story's done right and the gameplay is done right, there, I don't see any difference between a good game and a good movie, except that a good game is better because you get to actually experience what's going on. You're not just looking on while it happens. I do think video games have limited themselves, the developers, for the big AAA titles in that... It's either, you know, I'm running and I'm shooting everything. Uh, I'm in a fantasy world and I, you know, get large and step on mushrooms and rescue the princess. Or it's <laughs> an open world and I can steal cars and, you know, do all this kind of thing. And then you still have to fit a narrative in there and it doesn't always work. Um, especially, I'll give you GTA 4 for an example. You steal a car, you go over to pick up a girlfriend, she gets in and you have a conversation and they time, they know where your destination is going to be, so they could time it out somewhat close. But I'm running people over. I'm almost flipping the car, and there's a conversation going on. And it's like, really? <laughs> she's she's just going to sit here talking to me that on a first date, and I've killed four people on the way to the restaurant. It's eh. she likes the bad boys. She like why well, she'd have to. Um, <laughs> Did you ever hear the uh, the the the, the uh, I'm sorry the GTA Four commercial that we did for the MyMac show? No, I. You know the guy who did the brother. I don't know. Did you ever play GTA Four? No, I don't think so. There's uh, the main character is Nico, and he has a cousin that when he comes to America, that's who he moves in with is the cousin. And the guy who did the cousin's voice in the video game actually cut a promo for the MyMac show for us. Oh wow. Let me let me play that real quick and we'll be right back. MyMac.com. Nico, my cousin! Welcome to America! Come check out the MyMac podcast with Tim Robinson with me. You will love it! <laughs> So, Justin, that was the uh, the little commercial that was made. Now, he only did the voiceover. Um, and I feel bad because I cannot think of the guy's name who does the voice. Uh, but that was originally, he recorded it as part of the Grand Theft Auto right at the beginning. And they used it in a GTA 4 commercial before the game came out. And everybody that was into GTA was watching that commercial over and over and over. Yeah. And, I, of course, I was into it as well. Jason... Zimlick or something like that was the guy's name that's coming huh. to me now and i actually found this guy's uh myspace page by mistake and i was like hey this guy does the voices in gta and we started chatting a little bit and of course this is when <laughs> myspace was still kind of popular <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i, I can't yeah, tell I you thought that whenever you said it was a mistake that you found his myspace page yeah. i was thinking that's pretty much the case for any myspace page Not, nowadays, nowadays that, yeah it's <laughs> i can't tell you the last time i even logged into myspace the last time i did i actually posted find me on facebook <laughs> <laughs> so uh I, I said hey you know it would be cool if you'd be interested i'll give you guys, i'll give you a link and props on the show if you want to record you know just audio saying um Nico, my cousin, welcome to America. 
come, let's listen to Bob, or something like that. So he sent me just the raw audio file of his voice, and I make, I found the music that they used in the commercial. It's a Russian rap song, believe it or not. Uh, I found sounded good. Yeah, I saw, I found some uh, street noise with a like tire squealing, and I put it all together, and it sounded so remarkably like the commercial that it was just it was really cool. Um, yeah, after after this, I'll have to go back and try to find that commercial so I can compare them. It's the second one. The very first commercial just showed the city uh, with like the sun rising and setting, but the second one, um, I think it's called "Welcome to America," but I I'd have to look. It's been years. Um, you'll hear that song, and uh, okay. you'll hear the guy that does the voice and everything. You'll be like, "Oh my god, it was him!" But I was I was <laughs> really proud of that, and I didn't get to use it very much because kind of had a shelf life, you know. It's like, yeah. Plus, I, I don't do the MyMac show anymore, so <laughs> I can't really yeah. use it. You'll just have to uh, try to get in touch with uh, Steve Downs, the dude who plays Master Chief. Probably wouldn't be as difficult as most people think. Uh, uh, he he might he actually might be. Uh, he's a uh, an actual morning drive DJ. Yeah, so he'd be really easy to get a hold of, actually. Um, but you could call you could call him on his show. Oh, you just contact hey, the... Steve. Thanks. Yeah, first time, first time, long time. <laughs> you wonder if you could do a, a quick favor for me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, and most of those people are uh, not very difficult. That that's the thing. I've had people on the show before uh, that that I had others ask, "Well, how'd you get so and so?" Or I called them. Gil Emilio. Gil Emilio is a good one. Uh, I sent him an email, and then we talked on the phone and. What most people don't realize, I think, they, they put, you know, definitely, everyone's like, how the, <laughs> how the hell did he get Justin? Um, <laughs> people are people when you get right down to it. You get celebrities and stuff, but people are people. They like to talk. Um, a lot of people are nervous. Now, he's a radio guy, so he'd be easy to do. But a lot yeah. of people are nervous when it comes to talking into a microphone. I had one guy at the Macworld Expo this year. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, he he just insisted there was no way that he was going to be able to. We we couldn't make a show with him, and I did an hour, and I I, yeah. I asked him afterwards. I say, did you did it really feel like an hour? He's like, I couldn't believe it. I didn't think you'd. There was no way. Um, that's the kind of the cool thing about podcasting, especially if you've established yourself for a while. Now you've got, you know, thirteen episodes going. A year from now, God knows how many you'll have. Well, and also keep in mind we've we've also got the drunken jat shows as well. Right, so you've got a couple shows out there, uh, and we they're almost uh, if one's thirteen, the other one is pretty much thirteen as uh, as well. So like any we try to one release for one them as a set. Yeah, they're they might they might be slightly uneven, like by one, but it, it's just fun. And, oh yeah, it's and, a blast. And, and that's one of the reasons that I had originally started. I, I think you came on as a listener invite on the MyMac show originally. Correct. That's how um, I would kind of draw people in. And my further reaching goals were people would come on the show, they would really have fun doing it, and they'd start their own podcast. Because yeah. I want I, it's selfish. I want to hear other podcasts. I enjoy listening to them a lot. Oh yeah, and so I want other people to podcast. So I thought, you know, we get them on as a listener invite. They get all psyched up. They see how relatively simple it is. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on the back end that's kind of confusing for a lot of people, but still, just recording a show isn't that big of a deal. And then they're hooked. Now they're recording a show, and hopefully they'll get even more and more popular. And and remember the little people like me when they make it big. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the good thing. 
But yeah, you know, it, getting him to do that voice at the height of GTA 4's popularity was oh, just like a huge coup huge. for me. Yeah, and huge. I was listening to a lot of video game shows at the time, and nobody had anything like that. And I thought, you know what? I bet they never even ask. I never. I bet that it didn't even occur to them that these voice actors for these games that they enjoy so much would probably love to come on and talk about what it's like to do a voiceover. They'd, yeah. they'd probably love to cut a promo while they're on the show that you can use at a later date. But you, you have to ask. So you saying that it'd be hard to get the voice of Master Chief, I bet it wouldn't be as hard as you think. I, I bet right. if you spent a couple weeks dogging him in emails and eventually phone calls, I bet you can land him. I bet he'd come on the show. Yeah, well, I can tell you... Uh, for Travis, uh, he is—he's kind of got a man crush right now on the dude who does the the multiplayer stuff, uh, like gotcha. Slayer, Slayer, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> like he said that that's the one guy he wants to get on the air. Yeah, that, that would or be a good the, one to get on the virtual air. Yeah, just as long as that's not the guy he wants to get it on with because then it's a totally yeah. different show and you know i mean you'd have to ask him i i can't, <laughs> I can't speak for him you know the thing is when you get someone that you, you really respect and you're kind of a fan of you can't be that guy while you're talking to him you, you oh, can't totally. be a fan of the person you, you just have to talk to him and ask him the con the fun questions the ones that maybe he's not expecting um you know one of my tricks was always to ask someone what was your first computer and it completely relaxes people. There's no pressure. Um, that was always kind of fun. Uh, I, I like to do more of it, but you know, quite honestly, I don't record this show at the same time every week. Uh, David and I like to do it on Fridays, but that's not yeah. always the case. We can't always do it. Today's Tuesday as we record this. Yes. I feel like I just recorded a show because we just recorded it on Friday. Yeah. And this is a totally different show. Um we should probably get back to the subject at hand. We were talking about video <laughs> games, talking about tangents. Uh, E3 is coming up. It's the uh, big video game show of the year. Okay. What are you expecting? What What's the big announcements that you think? Because we know already that the Wii 2 or whatever the hell it's going to be called, looks like they're going to announce that, possibly. They've already said they've, they're working on it. Uh, what are you expecting from Nintendo, first of all? Um, I don't really follow Nintendo. Me neither. Uh, so... I have no idea, but the Wii um, burned me out of Nintendo. I, the, oh yeah, it, it's just I was in line and I bought it day of, and it's pretty much gathered dust since then. I've played a few games, but eh, does it doesn't do anything for me? Yeah, I agree. Um, same thing. Uh, ditto, rather uh, the Connect. Yeah, I, I, got I haven't it, got one yet. Super excited for it, but I actually got it. To uh, I thought I'd be able to um, voice control the DVD player because I thought I had heard a couple people mention that. You can't. Um, <laughs> I didn't really get it for the games. It was like you can have this thing that you can control the your Xbox with your voice. And, oh, yeah, you can play games with it too. Um, do you think there's but, a big future for the Kinect? Or do you think that's yet another Microsoft tangent, if you will, that, oh, here's something cool? Because... I, I don't have one myself. I want to get one because there's some cute animal games that I know my little ones will just absolutely love. Yeah, well, I sold mine, so <laughs> maybe that kind of tells you everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of worrying. But I see a big kind of open-source community that are taking this device and doing all kinds of really innovative stuff with it. 
but I don't know yeah, where. Yeah, but I, how does Microsoft make money on that? You know, exactly. They don't. They don't. So they don't. well, well, they they you know the people who are going to do that are going to spend the same as much or the same amount of money that uh, you know play uh, people who just want to play games on it will. But they're not going to you know unless they, I think, if they somehow you know what if they kind of had a. I hate to say this, and I almost hate myself for even mentioning it, but some type of, like, if they embrace the connect on the computer, you know, all the open source stuff, and they let people, like an app store, basically. Yeah. For stuff, like, for things you can do with the Kinect. Hmm. I don't know. That's a way they could make money at it. I don't know how successful it would be, and I don't know how, even how viable that would be, but... Well, other than the Xbox, it's the first thing that Microsoft's done that's got my attention. I mean, they don't do anything else that really grabs my attention and, and holds it for any length of time. I think their operating yeah. systems are terrible. I, think- I, used, I used to really be a big fan of Windows Mobile back whenever everybody hated it mm-hmm. because it, because there was such a huge uh, hacking community out there at, uh, at XDA developers. Uh, you know, say uh, it's a forum that's kind of dedicated. And that's where a lot of people go to hack uh, Android phones. Well, I remember you were you were a big HP Palm Pre. Well, it wasn't HP at the time. Palm Pre guy when we had yeah. you on the show a couple of years ago. In fact, exactly. you were talking about doing a show about the Palm Pre. Uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> but at the uh, time, you said you were thinking about doing a podcast about the Palm Pre. Okay, I have a lot of ideas, so it's kind of hard <laughs> to keep up with them a lot. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's a good thing that. I didn't remember that, and I didn't go through with it because that Palm Pre didn't last, you know, too long. It, it after about two months, I was ready to just throw it at the first car that drove by. I will just say, so someone, just so someone else could feel my pain, yeah, because I, I just you. was getting really tired of it. So I went back to the iPhone, and I'm also rocking a second phone, Uh-oh. a uh, a Dell Streak. Hmm. What do you it's think? The, uh, it's not bad. Uh, it's a five inch phone. It's so almost it's a, too big, though. It it is a, almost too big, but I but I always said that I wanted to give Android a try. But if I was to actually purchase an Android phone, it would have to have something that truly set it set it apart from the iPhone. You know, like I didn't want to just play with a you know uh, an Android phone that was very similar in in size and and all that to to the iPhone. I wanted a reason why. This is why I pull out my Android phone. Yeah, you know, as opposed to pull out my iPhone, other than the operating system. So, uh, it, in that respect, I I love the the Dell Street, but it, I don't think I could use it as my only phone. No. What do you expect from Microsoft at E uh, three? Um, you think we're going to see the successor to the Xbox three hundred and sixty? Because I got to say, this it's been out a long time. I, I yeah, it has. However, there, it seems like they're always adding new features. Like I, I know some people say, "Well, we're just we're seeing the the very be- beginnings of it with the Connect," and uh, and that may be, but they're they're kind of saying that because the Connect came out and it's so different, that means that we're going to get something new in terms of the Xbox. I don't think so. I think if that was the case, they wouldn't have added the uh, the dedicated Connect port to the back of all new Xboxes going forward. Um, it seems like if, if they were to, you know, if the Kinect was the, you know, the product that came out and then a year later they announced the new one, it seems like they wouldn't have 
put that port on the back. For well, they want backwards compatibility, though. Yeah, but you still have that backwards compatibility with the adapter kit or whatever that comes with the uh, the connect. Right. Because the way it connects to, uh, you know, me being a drunken Halo guy, I have the the Halo Reach edition Xbox, mm-hmm. which is one of the the you know the newer ones, and there's like a special proprietary type connector that you just hook the connect into and it gives it power and everything but the connect also comes with this uh, adapter that uh kind of like uh, you know just plugs onto the top of of that proprietary connector and it adds a usb um connector and then uh a little place to plug in a uh, a power cable well you gotta remember so, though- so, you, so you plug it into the wall so you know even like my brother's still on the old Xbox. He could still use a Connect with his old Xbox. You just kind of have to go through the whole, uh, you know, using the adapter thing. Yeah. Which I I never had to use it, but I can't imagine it would be all that awful. It's not like you're moving it around a lot. My 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 point is Microsoft makes their money by selling hardware. They do make some money on licensing games that are sold for the Xbox 360, but the majority of their money comes from council sales that's where they're making their huge profits okay there's i I, I mean i mean we've already got an xbox if it breaks we're gonna buy a new one but they can't when it when it breaks when it breaks well i'm on my fourth xbox yep uh and it's still the original xbox by the way i don't have the newer one uh it was always red ring of death but this one seems to be hanging in there i i just gotta imagine that microsoft wants to start that over again that they want to, A, get ahead of Sony and the Wii again. They want to launch before them. They want to set the standards. They want the developers to jump on and commit to their platform before there's two other platforms out there that are new. I don't think Sony's going to make any moves anytime soon. They can't even keep their own network running correctly without being is that back? Is that back up? Uh, partially, not the store. Um, okay. And and they had this whole thing. They're going to give away all these games for people that were affected. I'm one of those that were affected. I've got all three game platforms. I'm not married to any of them. I go by the game. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and kids really love the uh, X, the uh, the Lego games, but they're used to playing it on the PS3 controller because that was the first uh, that was the first platform that we bought a Lego game for. So. I, I have to buy them for the PS3 because I don't think they would know what to do with the Xbox controller at this point. <laughs> um, so I'm not really married to any one platform. I, I don't really care what it plays on, to be honest. It's it's all about the games for me. Um, yeah. But Microsoft's going to want to lock in some of these exclusive deals. It worked really well for them the first time around. They sold a lot of Xbox 360s because for six months, that's the only platform that GTA 4 was available or Yeah, GTA 4 was available on. Um, and by the time it came out on the PS3, everybody was like, "Yeah, I, I already played it on the uh, on the Xbox." I think they're going to want to do that again, and I think this is going to be a crucial year for them. Well, I mean, everything you said—they're already just light years ahead of both uh, Sony and Nintendo right now. You know, they've already got a lot of. I mean, I I would like to see them come out with something new. However, I just. I mean, they are they're they're ahead of everybody right now as far as longevity. I mean, the the Wii might be selling more uh, more consoles still for some reason. I don't know why, but still, it's for kids. Uh, yeah, uh, but I just think that uh, I just I just think that you know whenever you look at like the the uh, 
the brand as a whole, um, the Xbox is is not. Uh, I mean, they they are the only ones that can sustain this for a long time. And if if uh, if what I think I've heard is correct, where if Nintendo does release like the the Wii HD or whatever, uh, it's not the graphics aren't supposed to be any better than uh, what's out there right now. It's only supposed to be somewhere on par with it, which is and a big so, big problem. And and then of course Microsoft and the Wii, they're all starting to look the same graphically. So they Microsoft's got to yeah, make well, that next I've got, jump. I've got all my my uh, favorite games on my Xbox. There's no reason f- why I would jump over to the Wii. Oh, absolutely. But again, the Wii's still selling really, really well. And the problem with the Wii, though, is Nintendo's never really embraced third parties. So games that come out on the Xbox and the PS3 sell a lot better than they do on the Wii because they just don't push them. And they said they're going to change that. I doubt it. I think it's a cultural thing with Nintendo. I don't think that's going to change. Um, I hope I'm wrong because, like I said, I've got a Wii. I'd like to play it if I could, but there's just no games that's worth a damn on it to play. Um, but I, I just can't imagine Microsoft's just going to rest on their laurels much longer. I, th- I think they have to They have to have a new console here pretty soon. They, they have well, to. Well, as far as the Wii goes, <clears throat> uh, I think they're damned if they do and damned if they don't, really. I mean, if they just come out with, like... The the Wii that's that's out now with the the motion controls and and all that stuff. If they come out with one of those that just has better graphics, maybe it looks slightly different. Who knows? Um, they're still playing to that kid market, right? And then if they don't do the motion controls, then it's like okay, then then what's what's setting you apart, Nintendo? Except for five or six or however many years since the time that these two other companies did this. Yeah. Like they're, I don't. They're either going to be playing to the same market, which, admittedly, I mean, they're selling a lot of them, so that might not be a bad idea business wise. <laughs> business wise, sorry, but um, uh, you know, I just, I think they're kind of putting themselves in a corner, unless maybe they have they work out some way to let you use. I know they have Wii game pads now, but that. They, they really aren't very well. No, they're, they're not they're well terrible. done at all. But if they could have a, a a compelling, you know, like gamepad, and like some games are, you know, able to use like the the Wii mote, that that would be the only uh, situation where I would think, like, yeah, okay, maybe, you know, maybe that'll that whole platform will develop. In about a year to a year and a half, maybe two. You know, but, traditionally, Nintendo's been all about the handhelds, and no one could touch them in handhelds, and, and Apple is starting to eat their lunch when it comes yeah. to portable gaming. Uh, I, I, hear that, I hear the new uh, Sony handheld is supposed to be pretty compelling. It, it looks Although very I'm not, compelling. I'm not a handheld gamer, whether on the iPhone or any... any. I, I probably play more games handheld now, just because it's more convenient for me most of the time. Uh, and I never play any games on my computer, except I've been playing uh, Portal 2 on my MacBook Pro, which is a really fun game, by the way. Um, but I'd like to be able to pick up a game, play it for a few minutes, and then put it away. And, and portable gaming is perfect for that. Console gaming is absolutely horrible for that. Um, 
I don't I don't see that Apple's going to lose any steam moving forward when it comes to portable gaming. I mean, it's such a every year there's a new device from Apple. It seems mm-hmm. it, they get more and more popular, and then Nintendo comes out with 3D. I mean, ugh, really? 3D? That that's the big handheld gaming thing for them. I I just don't see it. I think that's the way Nintendo's going to go with their consoles as well. They're going to kind of push into 3D, thinking that's going to be their market. And yeah, uh, but the Xbox and the PlayStation Three can already do 3D, and nobody so cares. Again, they're they're just going to be they're just going to be a uh, you know. Me too. Like, oh yeah. So now Nintendo can do it also. Yeah. Well, it, it's hard to bet against them though. <laughs> They've done uh, very well. Um, I don't know. I think the gaming market is is such an odd one, uh, and it runs in cycles. And historically, it's usually every four years we start seeing the rumors, and then on the fifth year we learn about the new console that's going to come out the year after. Uh, I think that's where Microsoft is right now. I think Sony's probably two years away from even announcing a new console. Uh, But I think Microsoft's at the age now with their console that they've got to do something soon. Um, I can't see them continuing the... I mean, when did the Xbox 360 come out? 2004? I have no idea. Yeah, I think it was... Maybe... Maybe oh five. Maybe oh five. I was in broadcasting school at the time. So think about what your computer. No, I think it was oh five. Think about what your computer was like six years ago compared to what it is today. Right now, imagine a game console that makes that revolutionary leap. More power, more RAM, more storage. I mean, imagine having a two terabyte hard drive in your Xbox right now. Imagine being able because you can already install them and not run them from the disk. But again, the problem there is you're going to run out of space eventually. I I only run from the hard drive. Anytime I get a new game, I'm always installing it. So am I. The the Xbox is notoriously loud when it comes to reading from the disc. Um, they they fix that in the newer ones. Do they? I yeah, but it. it's just it's just faster. It's much faster. Now, but imagine though, now you've got a two or three terabyte internal hard drive. And you don't go to the store, or you don't go to Gamefly, or you don't go to Amazon to buy your games. You buy it through the Xbox Live Marketplace. It's the full game. It installs on your hard drive, and it launches twice as fast. And you don't have to worry about deleting old stuff because you got two, three terabytes. Yeah. I mean, that I, they can't do that with the current Xbox. Not without leaving older Xbox players kind of in the loo. Or trying to upsell them with new internal hard drives, and I don't see people doing that. I think we're going to see a new Xbox. I think, again, I agree with everything you're saying. I just think that give it whatever you're thinking, add a year to nine months to that. Could be. It could be. It's going to be interesting regardless, whatever happens. Oh, totally. Totally. So what can people, where can people go online, Justin, to find out more about Drunken Halo and uh, what was the other one? Drunken Jat. Drunken, so that's uh, J-A-T. Yes. Um, well, they, they are both on iTunes. Um, however, you can go to uh, jtpodcasts.com, and that's, uh, that's a website for, uh, for both shows. And, and if, so you you forget, find- yeah, if you forget to write that on your dash as you're driving down the, the, the highway and, or you just clean your dash and it's not dusty <laughs> enough to actually pick up letters, I'll link it at mymac.com. Awesome. Under, uh, what is this again, episode 33? Yes, the Patrick Waugh episode. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I love the fact that you're podcasting. Um, I'm going to definitely keep listening to it in the car. I haven't listened to the last two episodes. Um, come back on the show again, man, after E3. We could talk about some video game stuff. It's been Absolutely. A, it's, it's, it's been a weird show for me, i got to be honest, because um, just a, a quick shout-out, not to bring everyone down. I, I just found out my grandfather died last night. Oh, man. And he was 101 years old. Wow. So... You know, that's that's uh, that's that's pretty sad. And I have to say, uh, whenever we recorded our first beta episode, it was with our cousin. And the reason we recorded up, it was a one microphone setup. You can totally hear that. It doesn't sound very good, but we were with our cousin. And it was because um, literally maybe two days uh, had just gone by after we lost our grandfather Mm -hmm. where he like. It just happened all of a sudden, so everyone was pretty shook up. So, uh, me and Travis were like, "Well, let's go cheer uh, Caleb, which is our our cousin, up, and uh, let's talk about some Halo." And it, it definitely kind of, uh, at least for a little while, when you're podcasting, kind of to move away from it for a little bit. Not necessarily forget, but kind of recoup, I guess is the word. And uh, I was never close to him. It's my father's father. Uh, he's lived in Florida pretty much my whole life. So I've only met him in person maybe three or four times. Mm. Uh, the last time I saw him in person was about six years ago. And what was really neat is I, I, he's got such a rich history. He was like a vice president for a huge steel company. And uh, he, he was the president at one time of the Mexico division. And, you know, he was a very powerful guy. And he knew a lot of famous people in his time. Wow. And I put a video camera in my lap, and we got him talking. Uh-oh, that, that story. I'm sorry. And Sorry, I, I just... Yeah, go ahead. And, and, you know, we recorded him talking about his past for, oh, maybe 45 minutes there. And then I burned it to DVD when I got home and uh, gave a copy to my dad and stuff. So that was probably the most I've ever heard him talk in my entire life. But it's... it's uh, you know, it's my dad's dad, and and he's really broke up about it. And he's not one to, to really get emotional about stuff, but it's hitting him kind of hard. And so I've been kind of uh, dealing with that all morning long. And man, then, I'm, that sucks. Yeah. Man. I'm so sorry. Well, you know, it's part of life. And let's be honest, guy was 101 years old. The the things he saw in his life is that's amazing to me. Yeah, I imagine if once people start getting that old, uh, like uh, I've never known. Uh, or been close to anybody who was even close to to that, but I, I imagine somewhere in the back of your head you almost wonder like, is is this guy going to live forever? Because he's, you know, he's he's really old. And, like, and it, at that point, all your friends, you still have some of your family, of course, but all your friends are gone. They're all mm-hmm. gone. The guys you went to high school with, the guys you went to college with. All the chicks that you used to dig. Yeah, I mean, they're all they're all gone. Everybody. And, uh, yeah, but a hundred, that means if, if I live to be his age, it's going to be 2071 when I die. Wow. I mean, I doubt very seriously I'll live that long. (laughs) I mean, that means he was born in what? 1910. Wow. That's amazing for somebody to be on this planet for that long. I mean, he literally saw everything start. Did he fight in uh, world war two? I'm not sure to be quite honest. I, I, 
I don't know a whole lot about the guy. That's that's the thing. I, he was uh, never close to our family. Everybody on my dad's side of the family was rich, and everybody on my mom's side of the family was poor. And unfortunately, uh, we took after my mom's side. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I just I never really knew him. I don't know other than the history that he told us when I was videotaping him. Um, I don't really know much about the guy, to be honest. My huh. dad, for instance, I know he was in Vietnam. Uh, but as far as my grandfather, I, I really don't know, but I, I wanted to acknowledge that. So if people were kind of wondering, Tim seems a little off today, eh, that's probably why. Uh, but, uh, I did want to acknowledge it because it's a big part of our family. And when stuff like that happens, you got to kind of reflect and think back. Yeah. And I just want to say, I think it sucks so bad that we're, uh, getting to the point where in the very near future, we won't have... No one will be alive who actually fought in World War Two. Yeah, we've I'm already kind of got a, there now with World War One. Yeah, and I'm kind of a. I know I love I love the the history and all that of of World War Two. Something I I certainly don't want to get get into much here, but I just want to you know I just every time one of those guys uh, goes on, whether they did or didn't actually fight in the war. Yeah, you wonder just, what they uh, saw, what it was like. Yeah. What, exactly. You know, like with my grandfather, I think, you know, he saw, and he wasn't even a young man at the time, uh, the moon landing. He was in his 50s when that happened. Wow. You know, he's, he was older than I am right now by a decade when man landed on the moon. We take that for granted, but could you imagine that? You know, the first time man ever lands on another heavenly body. That's, it's inspiring to a degree really that our generation just really takes for granted um yeah it's it's uh and it makes me wonder if we get to be that old what can we look back and say while i was there for that you know what i mean uh the you were there for the introduction of the iphone yeah i was there in person (laughs) (laughs) but will that be a significant event you know another 50 years from now probably not you know yeah it'd be be like someone saying they were there when they rolled out the first couple of model t's or whatever right it's like wow that's really nice for you but yeah exactly Has in the no grand bearing. scheme of things yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely i was there with the, when they first showed mac os 10 for the very first time i was there for that oh, okay <laughs> next <laughs> what do you got exactly. um, maybe like i've got that running on 10 virtual machines on my phone right now there you go <laughs> that's not a big what deal. this click 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 this yeah. one oh wow <laughs> yeah that was it um maybe podcasting because uh I think it's a revolutionary thing that's happened. It's still in its infancy. A lot of people think, ah, oh, it's been around for a while. Um, well, it kind of has. I've, I was, I've been podcasting since 2004 when podcasting started. But in broadcast history terms, that's nothing. I mean, that's it's still in its infancy. Oh, totally. And, and you know what? I think anybody, maybe to kind of help your cause a bit, if someone out there is thinking about podcasting, look at it this way. Um, in 10 years... And, and I, you know, like I said, went to broadcasting school, you know, for radio stuff, not TV, but radio is going to be even less, uh, um, uh, what's the word? Popular? Yeah. Relevant? Well, just re- relevant. Yes. It, it's going to be, it gets less relevant every day. Yep. And that's because more things are available online. Yep. So look at it this way. You're getting, you could get in right now at the, I'm not trying to sell anything, but you could get in to the ground level right now and and position yourself to where 
maybe 10 or so years, people would pay serious money to have you know, had the chance to get in this early. Absolutely. Or if for nothing else, you're a part of history. Yeah. I mean, this is a historical thing that we're going through right now. And unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people really um, appreciate that fact that it, we're, we're changing everything this generation. Yeah. How we consume content, how we create content. We are truly pioneers. And when people go back, you know, 50 years and look back, I think 2004, when podcasting started, will play a significant role in history. So maybe that's our Absolutely. thing. That, and, that, and, and, and I know that, like, back whenever radio first came out, I mean, kind of like with books, right? How long did it take before an average person could go out and buy a book? Yeah, you know, exactly. Re- going out and buying a radio was a, was a huge, huge thing. But um, you're like I said, you you can get in right at the beginning, uh, relatively of the of the revolution, and just about everybody already has the radio. They have iTunes. They have an internet connection. That's all they need. That's all they to need listen, to listen to your stuff. They don't have to go out and buy something. I mean, it's uh, you know you just have to show them how to uh, you know where to find that radio and how to how to turn it on to and, listen to what they want to listen to. And that's going to be that's going to get easier and easier and easier. My kids. Uh, your kids, that's going to no be the kids. generation. Well, eventually, maybe. Um, of it, that's that going to be the, well that you know of. That's always the question, isn't it? <laughs> um, they're going to grow up with this generation where they can decide what content they're going to get, when they get it, and when they consume it. We're not of that generation. We're creating that right now. Yep. Uh, you know, when I grew up in the eighties in 1980, I was 10 years old in 1990, I was 20. So I'm definitely a child of the eighties. The big thing back then was creating a mixtape. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, yeah. taking different songs from different tapes and putting it on this tape, maybe even a record. I, I did a few of those or holding up your, your portable tape recorder to a speaker <laughs> and recording. Oh, I, thought stuff. You, I thought you were talking about holding the radio up in the air to the, Oh, window. that too. We did that too. Yeah. Yeah. We all saw say anything. Um, you know, we, I, I couldn't imagine getting any better. Now mm-hmm. I'm walking around with a device in my pocket that I can access the history of the world on. I can look up any fact from anywhere in the world. Yep. Uh, and I have literally thousands and thousands of songs on this device and it fits in the palm of my hand. I couldn't have imagined that in 1980. Or hell, even 1990 90. for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, or we could go up one more and say 2000. 2000. Well, it's getting a little bit closer there. We we had you know pretty powerful um, laptops, but not for thousands well, not, of songs. Not, not, all, <laughs> yeah, not all that stuff in the palm. Of, I mean, we were shocked as hell uh, in 2007. <laughs> and and, I mean, that, and that was a relatively short amount of time. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That well, not just the iPhone, but you know any Android device would do this stuff. You know. Oh yeah, uh, the the iPad, which I think, um, and I'm going to assume you don't have an iPad. Ooh, how did you were correct? But I'd like to ask, how do you know? Because you're a not into portable gaming. Uh, B, you went from the Palm Pre back to the iPhone, and you got an Android device. Uh, C, you're playing a lot of video games, and most of it's console related. Yep. Um, so I didn't see where the iPad would really fit into your lifestyle right now. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm not. Much and and into, you told me yeah, you no. you told me you don't read. You listen to books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I my uh, both my parents have iPads. They love them. My grandmother has an iPad. She she loves the f out of that thing. Yep. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just it seems to me that if like I can get every, you know, all it would be more for like web stuff yep. more than it would be gaming because I don't really game on uh, a portable device. But um, yeah, it would be more for like looking stuff up on the net or you know whatever. And I I've used my uh, my iPhone so just you know kind of hardcore surfing the web anywhere. I'm not you know I don't feel like getting on a computer. Uh, right. You know, it, it just doesn't seem like I would get my money's worth out of it. But you know what? I'd probably, I'm probably totally wrong. I'd probably get. You are actually. You, you, you the, the iPad will change how you compute. Uh, you will spend a whole lot less time in front of your computer. Uh, everything you could do on your computer, almost you can do on the iPad, but you won't because it's a different device. As cool as the iPhone is, uh, for me. The iPad made the iPhone a lot less cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, it's I heard too small. Yeah, it's too small to play games on it for me. I can't type on the iPhone for crap. Uh, but all that is completely changed. Just a bigger screen makes all the world of difference. I think it's the second greatest thing Apple's ever invented after the Macintosh. Wow! And I put it above the iPhone, and I put it above the Apple II. Uh, I put it above digital cameras because remember Apple invented that as well. Most people don't remember that. Um, it is. A game changer it's it's amazing and as uh, the COO of Mac specialist I deal with a lot of companies and I see what the iPads doing for them it's a revolutionary device that people don't even I don't think most people even grasp yet what's going on with the iPad and how popular it's going to be and uh, it, people would huge. steal for that that iPad well <laughs> as you know from watching the video <laughs> But yeah, it, but, it's a uh, cool device. Yeah, uh, before uh, we, go, I just want to say one game that I've I've been playing lately that I just I told myself no matter what I had to mention on the air. Go for Crisis, it, Crisis Crisis Two on uh, 360. Is it good? Oh, it is so good. It looked a little gory for me. Gory? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about gory. Um, I'm thinking of another game then. Maybe yeah, Crisis Two. It's uh, with the nano suit and yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, totally. Hmm. Um, I, it, I don't really find it that gory. However, I, I, like, probably if anyone's kind of close to being desensitized at all, I, I, you know, I, I'm sure I'd be in the running somewhere in there. I, but uh, uh, yeah, I didn't find it very gory at all. My tastes are just so diverse in video games. I mean, you know, over the last year, the games that I really, really dug. Probably in the last you know, 12, 13 months, um, Red Dead Redemption, which is basically yeah, it's basically GTA on horseback. It's really what yeah. the game is, uh, and it was a huge, uh, like, to me, huge type sink. I just spent a lot of time, and I'm looking for the other game because uh, I cannot think of the name of it, uh, and I'm not going to find it because it's in the other room, and I'm tied to a microphone. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just I'm not a big Oh, the Western. Saboteur. Now, Saboteur. Now, now that was a PS3 only game, so that screws you out of it right there. I have a PS3. Okay. Uh the it's kind of a an open world game and you play as a French resistance fighter. Already it sounds extremely boring and I almost didn't buy the game. But I thought at the last minute, oh, what the hell, there's nothing else out there. And so I bought it and I loved it. There's Nazis. Really? Oh, it's, it's France and the countryside, and your job is to basically get behind enemy lines, and enemy lines is everywhere. You're in occupied France, yeah, and you're sabotaging stuff. 
and it's hmm. so fun. You, you uh, steal cars and drive around and sneak up on Nazis and kill them. And so they, it's third they, person? No, uh, yes, third person, just okay. like a GTA type of game. But it, it's one of those games that completely went under every website's radar when it came to video games. But the ones who did play it absolutely adored it. They were just like, oh, my God, this is so good. Why doesn't everybody know about this game? They didn't market it. The company or the, the studio that made it went out of business as soon as the game came out, um, which is kind of sad. You know, Bitmob, yeah. Bitmob uh, website, they had just they were pretty new at the time. And they're the ones that kind of turned me onto the game. This one person wrote about it, and he was like, you know, if you like this, this, and this, you're going to love this game. And everything you mentioned, I was like, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) It was just one of those, the acting is first rate, uh, the the graphics are fantastic, and just the setting itself is just a lot of fun, you know? Was it a a downloadable game? No. Or was it disc? It was disc. Okay. Uh, And you could probably pick it up for 20 bucks now. Uh, pick it up, play it for a weekend because it's just a lot of fun. I mean, uh, as you're, as you get better at the game, you get new skills and stuff. You get new weapons. They unlock as the game progresses. So you can get like a rocket launcher and a bazooka. And, um, the best still though, is the remote detonator. You walk up to like a Nazi tower on top of a building. And the whole thing is you can scale these buildings. This guy can climb buildings like you wouldn't believe. That's cool. And uh, you, you sneak up there. You don't let the Nazi see you. You plant a stick of dynamite and get the hell out of there. And it blows up the tower and they fall to their <laughs> death. It was so it's so fun. Yeah, um, that sounds about as gory as uh, Crisis. Well, I'm going to have to check out Crisis then. I might wait until it comes out on uh, a little cheaper because my time right now is going to be spent playing the one Halo game that I didn't give a chance. And that's Reach. And as I was telling you, I'm about an hour into it, if that. I don't even yeah, think it's been that far. Me and uh, me and Travis need to get you on the show and get your point of view of what you're thinking about about Reach once you've played a little more. Yeah, absolutely. So far, I'm uh, digging it. He's not as powerful as Master Chief, um, yeah. but that's kind of good, though. I, you can only take the Super Soldier thing so far. It's like, meh. Um, so I'm kind of digging it. I don't really see the point in the other teammates because I'm still taking everybody out, but maybe I haven't got far enough into the game to appreciate their skill set yet. I don't know. Um, sometimes they will pull their, their weight. Uh, it seems like on some missions they, like the, uh, they are doing more than on other missions. Um, cause but, it says uh, right at the beginning, I know I read your file and I'm not going to put up with any of your lone wolf stuff. So I thought, oh, okay, so this is going to be a game more squad based, which is kind of just the opposite of what Halo was in the past. And yeah, well, maybe this would be different, but so far, no, I'm just shooting ostriches that run by and <laughs> they're called Moas. <laughs> okay. M O A. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they look like ostriches to me and I, I didn't realize I can kill them. And then I did. And I was like, Hmm, how many of these can I kill? So, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up Tech Fan. Yeah, uh, this has uh, gone over an hour. Pretty rare for Tech Fan. It's kind of like my Mac at this point. We've gone far. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoy talking to you this week, Justin. We'll have to have you back, like I said, after E3. And yeah, I'd absolutely love to do Drunken Halo with you guys. Of course, I don't drink, but still. Oh, that's fine. We, uh, yeah, we rarely, if ever, lately at least, uh, actually drink while we're doing the show. Yeah, it makes the show kind of. It's fun, but by the same token, you you got to be kind of extra careful sometimes. You're like, eh, I don't really want to offend people, and uh, uh, well, I, we we can uh, I can just assure everybody out there that we do not think that <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we you know we're 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 two guys in our uh, early to mid twenties. Um, we 
kind of call it as we see it, and sometimes that means we need to get a little rough. But, um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, we don't really drink on the show. There was one show where I did a shot every seven minutes. It was, it was a shot and Ooh. a half to two shot glass. Ooh. And Dangerous. By the end of the by the end of the show, it was just like, <laughs> that's Travis. That was a good point. Um, I don't, do you just want to, you just want to stop? Just, <laughs> just like that. I mean, and so ever since then, um, I might have had like a beer or two after that. Because I woke up hurting really bad in the morning. But, but yeah, so, but we, we have the same, uh, it's more like the idea of two guys just uh, sitting around just you know having having fun just being loose you know you know you should create a t-shirt i podcasted what <laughs> <laughs> or just i don't remember saying that. yeah that's right <laughs> so with that we're going to wrap up tech fan number 30 was it 33 30, yeah something like that <laughs> we'll be back i'll be back next week hopefully with david cohen i think that uh we're both on the clear on uh next friday i think yes we are so Hopefully David Cohen will be back. We'll have another show. No idea what the topic will be. We'll have Justin on again. Thanks a lot, Justin. Appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, thanks for letting me uh, come on. Talk to you. Appreciate it. Sure. Absolutely. Talk to you guys soon.